Hello, Joel here. I've got a new book out. It's called Be Funny or Die. How comedy works and why it matters. And it's about how comedy works and why it matters. Why human beings tell jokes and then what that tells us about being human beings. So if you're a human being and you enjoy laughing and then want to know what the hell's going on with that, it's probably a pretty good book to read. It's called Be Funny or Die. It's in shops. You can buy it. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hello, Joel here. This is the new podcast we're doing called Home Comforts. It's going to run alongside Comfort Blanket as a sort of sister project. If you want to hear more of this and get access to it, please come onto our Patreon page and throw some coins in the hat to support the making of Comfort Blanket. And in return, uh, not only will you get that and you'll get a nice warm feeling that you're helping uh, us make the show and put the time aside to put it together, but you'll also get this podcast, which is going to be some chats about some really fun things uh, that we haven't covered in the main show. So uh, come to our Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash comfort blanket pod. Uh, and when we shake the bucket, chuck a coin in and become part of the comfort blanket Patreon supporting family and we'll love you forever. In the meantime, do enjoy Home Comforts. At home, me and Julia. And this is where we do all our podcast recording. And it's a little bit at the back of the front room where all the books and DVDs and records and things are. Literally, they're what keeps the walls up, I would say. Yes. Every is... single one of the walls, apart from the one you come in through. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of the building is supported mainly yeah. by stuff. Yeah. And not I like think... in a Trebus way. but No, no, it's not It's not a, a manic thing. It's a sort of comforting thing. And it, it was suddenly realising that we're recording here. And it's really good for recording because it's just dead because there's so much stuff. But it's all the stuff. It's, it's the nest. And, yeah. and the nest is walled with, with things that are important to both of us us that we sort of brought here and we sort of even though everyone said get rid of all your stuff because it's all online and stuff we kept our stuff yeah we like it it sort of decorates the house doesn't yeah, it? yeah and it feathers this bit of the nest and rather mm. than being all over the house it's just it's this big thing it's just we're in the middle of the nest and it's the nest of stuff and realizing that this stuff is the stuff that makes us feel safe obviously otherwise we'd have got rid of it Definitely. No, it, it does. It feels like a cushion in some ways. Yes. Or a cocoon. <laughs> yes, we are cocooned, isn't it? And so what we do is we would talk about, without sort of thinking too much about it or doing loads of research like usual, just pick something off the walls, off the shelves, mm-hmm. and then talk about why we've got it, why it brings us comfort, and probably most importantly, how it makes us feel. Mm. So I'm going to go and I'm going to go to the shelf over here. Hang on. Yeah, it's Joel's turn today. <laughs> so I can see it. I reach across here. I'm going to get there. Lots of middle-aged noises. Well, it's genuinely stretching for something on the shelf here. That's good. <laughs> it's not, it's not a sound effect or indeed a theatrical effect. No, that didn't come off a disc. That's real. I am picking up this, I think, if Chanad is my favourite film. 
and it is Close Encounters <gasps> of the Third Kind. Do you know, I feel a bit bad because I think if someone had asked me that, what's Joel's favourite yeah. film in a Mr and Mrs style, yeah. I don't know if I'd have said that. I think I'd have said Jurassic Park 2. Uh, obviously, that's we know the story of Jurassic Park 2, why Jurassic Park 2 <laughs> is my favourite film. <laughs> yeah, go on. No, you, before, you, before we move on to the other <laughs> film up for discussion, when we first when we first met, I got mugged, uh, got beaten up, and I came home and I was sort of rattled by it. And that evening, after uh, the ambulance and the police had gone, and we dealt with all the the fallout from getting bonked on the head, um, Julie said, "What do you want to watch? What will make you feel happy?" Uh, and I picked uh, Jurassic Park two. Yeah, specifically but, two. Yes, Jurassic Park not two. one or any of the other. Jurassic no, Parks. that was the film I chose, and you said afterwards because I because I, I watched Jurassic Park two. You now won't let me have any other film as my favourite film. No, all right, I'll, I'll, I, this can be the day that changes. Yeah. if you like. But actually, it's it's a it's a funny one because this this came up because uh, the one of the lead actresses in it, well, the, the best she I think was she was nominated for best supporting actress for oh. it. Melinda Dillon died a few days ago, a couple of weeks ago, and oh. uh, so people were talking about her online, mm. and a couple of people, me included, suddenly said, "Do you know what?" I think that's my favourite film. Yeah. And it hadn't occurred to me um, that it was my favourite film. And not academically or like, uh, I can't think of a reason why. It was just suddenly thinking, when I thought of this film, I felt so warm. Yeah. It made me feel so happy in a way that if I pick another film and name that, I would I would be able to justify why it's my favourite film, but I wouldn't yeah. have the same rush of warmth. Um and yet it's not the one you reached for when you'd been brutally stamped no. on by mean men. <laughs> but, but I think since then, whenever I've reached for it, and very often if it's like, sort of, I know, you're out for a night mm. or I'm alone or I'm feeling a bit low, I do reach for it a lot. And whenever I reach for it, or if I, you know when you flick past something on a menu and, and, a, and a, like the cover of something goes past, you go, oh, good. I'm glad that's there. It just immediately instills a feeling of, ah. Oh. Yeah, I'm glad it's there. And I think, yeah, I, I saw, it's a bit weird. I ended up talking about, on, online a bit with why why I liked it so much mm. and a couple of other people joined in and went do you know what I always name something else but actually that's my favourite and it, it's a film that I just find really comforting okay and warm well let's just do a quick um, plot rundown for those who don't know and uh, this film by the way I think I've only seen it once and it was a very long time ago yeah um, and I know there's aliens aliens and a big round spacey ship and yes. da, 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 da. it's iconic that's about all I know it? oh no there's mashed potatoes, mashed and, potatoes. And, and a bad dad exactly that's, that's all it. I know to be honest that's all you need to but know but I like so just quickly <laughs> tell me the plot of the film basically as quickly as you can Steven Spielberg <laughs> film about a man played by Richard Dreyfuss he's a power engineer he sees a spaceship there's a big power outage which he has to go and deal with all the lights go out in his area uh, and he goes to look and find out what it is and a big spaceship flies above his truck uh, and yeah. goes makes a big boo noise <laughs> and he gets sunburned off it and then gets obsessed by the spaceship and becomes yeah. like a, a mad uh, UFO nut uh, and he uh, leaves his family and and makes a big journey and ends up meeting up loads of other UFO nuts who've similarly had uh, a, an encounter and it's yeah. imprinted in their brain an image of a place to go ah, and they all head yes, there and yes. it's the big mountain that the mashed potato is the mashed potato uh, mountain mashed potato mountain which is Devil's Tower in Wyoming and they all head there and it turns out that's where the government ha- are going to meet all the aliens who are going to make contact with humans and humans are going to Ooh. meet for the first time they first time we'll meet a species from another planet mm. and they all gather there and the aliens arrive and instead of it being an alien invasion film everyone's really really friendly Aww. and it's lovely and aliens and humans become friends and at the end of it he uh, the aliens drop off loads and loads of people who they've been like the Bermuda Triangle people all the oh, airmen wow, the up. ones who've gone missing they, they all come back and they all say and they all come down the ramp and all the airmen come back and say what year is it and they've had lost time and all that magical stuff they all come down the ramp uh, and uh, and then at the end of it they say we want one more man 
and Richard Dreyfuss says, I'll go. And he goes off into space and that's <gasps> the end. And his family are left fatherless, exactly. husbandless. So it is a weird, weird story. Ah. Really weird. No, Joel, it's a man story. Oh, Spielberg <laughs> has said this. He said he didn't have kids at the time. And if he had kids, oh. he would have written a completely different story. Oh, that's, so that's fascinating. So I think that's really interesting. I also really like it when you say, oh, no, I think that's my, you know, sucking my thumb, curling in a ball film. Because it, it kind of... Um, unveils your in your inner landscape in a way that other things don't yeah. like it, it becomes like a therapy session so brace yourself yes i want to know i mean i think i'm i'm fascinated by why i find this so comforting because it is a strange film it's got the it's, dad leaves wow yeah it's all it's, it's the big fantasy of all men to go it's and it's it's a very uh i think it's interestingly it is one of the only or the only screenplay spielberg's ever had credit for oh that's he always, interesting he always makes up stories with with people but Someone else always writes it. This one, loads really? of people. Did he not write Sugarland Express? No, they're all basically they're all him working with other people uh, to, to, to to come up with stories. He works with writers a lot. He's a good collaborator. Mm, Richard love. Curtis, take note. Exactly, Stanley <laughs> Kubrick, take note. Yes, he please, please well do. With writers. Get someone um, else in. They always do a good job. He's always a lov- help out. <laughs> he's a lovely writers director, and this yeah. one is his. He, uh, I think, Paul Schrader, who wrote Taxi Driver, wrote yeah. the first draft of it, and Spielberg oh, wow. said one of the worst things he'd ever read. It's an absolutely oh, terrible thing. Oh, fascinating! So everyone else had a go at it, and he eventually put it in the bin and use bits of theirs but it's his story mm-hmm. um, and it's not a story it's a big blockbuster and it was a massive massive success and yeah. it comes out sort of the same year as Star Wars and it's and it's in terms of you know Alien and space yeah. films it goes the whole nine yards it looks incredible Special that, that flying saucer is incredible the lights it, it's a, it needs a big screen ideally yes. it's one of those films right and I saw it twice in the cinema when Did I was, you? and I would have been. I worked out. I would have been six or <gasps> seven years Did old. You beg your parents to go back and see it again. Yeah, we went to see. It. I think I must have seen it once. Then when they re-released it as a special edition, okay. I went to go and see it again. So I would have seen it once when I was seven, and probably got obsessed, and I got obsessed by it. Yeah, uh, and I bought the Marvel comic, and I'd learned the story of my heart. Oh, I, I love when films used to do that. When you'd be like, "Okay, I need the Panini album. I yeah. need everything. I need everything. So, what have you got?" <laughs> but it wasn't Star Wars. You couldn't collect action figures or anything. It was no. just something. I thought that's the most brilliant film I've ever seen. It's magical. I don't know why. I find wow. it so it was so grown up and it has I was like, gonna say it is grown up, but you're a precocious child, but um no, that's not like a big action packed alien thriller, is it? That's a it's a very contemplative film about yeah. it's not Flash Gordon. It's bigger not, things. Yeah, it's what I find interesting about it as a film that I've loved ever since being really small, is every time I watch it it changes for me yeah. as I grow older and I become I've got to the age of the dad in it and I've gone past him. He's only in his 30s. Oh, my God. And he was my imprinted dad. He was my iconic dad. Yes. I the idea went, of what one should be that's, that's not your own dad. dad. Yeah. I still get obsessed by it. There's a brilliant scene earlier on where his kids uh, want to go and play goofy golf. Uh, and he goes, can we go see Pinocchio instead? And the kids go, golfy golf! And he realises that Aww. passing magic onto his children is something that he won't be able to do. And my heart sank as a child. Oh, I got gosh. obsessed by that scene, oh, going, gosh. eventually I will have children who will not want to watch the films I want to watch, and I'm going to have to brace for that, and that's how I live oh, my, my life God. now. Oh, my God. And what did we do? We basically made our kid watch Bagpuss until they were begging for mercy. Because Please, it was no important. more Bagpuss. Please. And now we've hit the point where we've got a teenager, and the teenager doesn't want to watch the films. I am 
I've hit my my peak Dreyfus now. But they have started to show us their stuff now, and it's really cool. Yes, exactly. So we share. It's about, but it's about. So there's a lot of stuff in it that was about growing up, and I think I watched it, and it, it was yeah. one of my iconic uh, what a family is like and how to be a dad films. How interesting. Uh, and of when course, it, obviously, it's not selling itself as that. It's selling itself as an alien first contact. But ninety nine percent of the length of it is about a family breaking up, and he wow. leaves his family, and Terry Gar plays his wife, and there's really, really quite uh, powerful, frightening emotions on screen about what it's like if I mean to be honest it's just a metaphor for work okay it's, it's the Incredibles it's about a man who yes. gets obsessed by his work and ignores his family it's the so same this story is interesting. as a tiny boy yeah at the end of the film do you remember how you felt when he went with the aliens yes I thought brilliant because okay. you would do because I think you're that's kind kid. of what you're led to think isn't it yeah and then in He'll it. finally be happy. He's yeah. obsessed and now he gets to live in his dream, basically. He's, this, what he wants to do, he's been given this mission to go on and he goes on the mission, he goes into space. And it's telling that when they did the reissue of it, they added loads of footage inside the spaceship to sort of say, oh. this is what you want, which is terrible. So no, 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 no. So we'll then cut it out again. It needs the studio to be the ideal, the dream, yeah. you can't see it. He just needs to go into space. It needs to end like E.T. with a rainbow in the sky and he just goes off. It's, Completely. It's, um, what's odd about that is that when you watch it as a grown-up, all the abduction they're taking away becomes really, really frightening. Yes. And there's, there's the central... Melinda Dillon's character in it, Gillian Guiler, in it, is um, this astonishing performance by her when her three- or four-year-old gets abducted by the aliens oh my who God. goes out and says, they're toys, and runs out. Oh, no, And her no. running across the field and the, the, the clouds are boiling and her child's been kidnapped. No, no, And she no, is no, then no, a no, crying no. woman obsessed by her child. It's, I would fast-forward that bit. <laughs> it is harrowing as hell. Mm-hmm. But as a kid, you, you look at the kid and go, the kid got to go to space. Right. It changes you become a parent. It's a brilliant film to understand. And you just said Spielberg said he wouldn't have made that film exactly. as a parent. Not that everything becomes clear to you when you're a parent, but that particular scene would have been incredibly different yeah. to make as a parent than it would as a not parent. And it's got all that stuff. It is, it's about, he doesn't sort of say, oh, it's lovely when the child gets abducted. It's just, there's, there's a child that goes missing. <laughs> it's a fact. Yeah, it's happens, brilliant. Yeah. But there's something about it that's about... <sighs> People talk a lot about sort of Spielberg having absent dads. Yes. Because his, his, his parents broke up and there's lots of... Interesting. In his, in his, in his films, there's lots of stuff about divorces and, and missing... There's always a missing Families dad. Families are having a tough time. And yes, in E.T., I think the dad's not around. The dad's he? in Mexico. The dad's in Mexico. Yes, absent dad. Just, yeah, and it's that. And I always thought, oh, it's about divorce. And right. my parents didn't get divorced. So I thought, well, it's not about that. And I only realised watching it again really recently, it's not about divorce, it's about absent dads. A dad can be absent because a dad's at work. Well, and I think we've all had these conversations with our dads. Like you you and I are sort of 80s, 70s, 80s yeah. children. Um, I remember my dad when he was really ill and he was dying saying, I, you know, because you have these thoughts, I suppose, I, sh- I wish I'd been around for you more. And, yeah. I, and I looked at him and thought, well, how could you have been? Like you were literally expected to be the one who wasn't around. Yeah. Like the mums, for good or for bad, were the ones who were kind of ever present in the home, whether they wanted to be or not. And the dads, for better or worse, were usually the ones who were out trying to earn the money. It's they got, didn't feel like they had a huge choice, really. And it's got that in it. It's, it, it, it's built into it. And it's about, I mean, Spielberg's dad was a computer engineer and so he was always away. And, yeah. and so basically he said, my dad was never there. He was raised by television like wow. a lot of kids were. Um, and this is about what happens if your dad has an important job to do and isn't around and go, and goes mad. Yeah. And what what Richard Dreyfuss's character does when he's building his mashed potato and he thrashes the living room up and <laughs> builds a huge model of yeah. of of Devil's Tower. They they all get an obsession thing. And I thought he's just he's made his shed in the front room. He's done yeah. what done. He's brought his work home. Oh my with god, him. it's he's a model obsessive. railway, Joel. <laughs> he has a model railway. And the first thing you see is he's playing with the model railway. It's about obsessive dads. And, and he who, gets to go and live in the freaking model railway. It's about that thing. <gasps> and who is Steven Spielberg? 
He's a man who builds model railways for yes. a living. He is, he is following his dad. And he said, I didn't see my kids. I didn't. Oh. I, when he became a dad, he took him ages to learn to be a good dad. And it's about, the same as another favourite film of mine. It's like The Incredibles. It's about work-life balance. You know, it's about men going mad. <laughs> no, if, and that's on, on that point. You know, you, um, so before... Um, so you know you wrote the Ladybird books and stuff with with your writing partner Jason, mm. and then before that, you know when you were all sort of back um, mates mates from yeah. school, your brother Jason Robin, you wrote these books called Bollocks, Thornton Towers, and mm. it was it was essentially wasn't it about men? Were there any? Oh, this is what I want to know. Were there any women? It was men few. going a bit crazy, collecting like fourteen hundred gnomes, gnomes or pencils, and then having or to turn their garden yeah. shed into a gnome museum or whatever it was. Those those kind of lovely British eccentricities, the, but but they, they were all mad men, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. It's it's about people who, the very often the story behind these sort of weird little tourist attractions and things were mad obsessed men, and I'm, I've always been fascinated by that. And watching uh, Close Encounters again, it's about someone who gets a bug and has to do it. And it's the same bug that men find uh, acceptable when they say, I must go and see Coventry City every week, whatever happens. If I I miss this game, then they'll somehow fail. And you go, what about your family? I must go. No, no, no. It's it's not even a conversation to be had. It's like, the thing you need to know about me is I will be at this football ground every other Saturday and then probably on a coach somewhere for the other (laughs) intervening Saturdays. And you can either come or not come, but that is just an unbreakable part of me. It's like, that's actual madness. It's really weird. It? And I think it was... Be flexible. It was the Let's first, see what life throws at you. <laughs> it was the first film I'd ever seen. Because it is... What's interesting about it as a blockbuster, it's a massive blockbuster. He's made Jaws. He's gone way, way over budget. And he yeah. does this one. He also goes way over budget. Oh, really? It, is that a oh, thing? Is he like grand designs the film director? <laughs> don't forget, Raid of the Lost Ark is a huge hit because he did it under budget. He did it to prove he could do it for the first time. No he, way. He said, I will be well behaved. Because his reputation was this massive overspender. This guy will not give you back any change. Exactly. And he will be, he'll be he'll go away for 11 months rather than a month. It's a massive blockbuster. It's hugely expensive. Yeah. And it is a space film and all that sort of stuff. But as a kid, I'd been to see space films. I've seen Star Wars and things. And they there were was these, lots of it about back then. And there were like sort of crazy, it was crazy adventures and robots and things. Yeah. And this was family. It was like Kramer versus Kramer. It was like a really big, yeah. and it was about divorce and breakup. And it was about, and this is, I was talking to an editor friend called Phil Leppard about this. It was about people screaming at each other. Wow. Crying. There's a moment and it is just shattering where... Uh, Richard Dreyfuss's son sees Dreyfuss in the shower and Dreyfuss is crying because he doesn't know what's going on oh with him. Oh, my goodness. And he sees his dad crying and he, <gasps> and he keeps slamming the door of the bathroom going, you're a crybaby, you're a crybaby, you're oh a crybaby. And Terry Gar's going, get out, get out. And it's the moment that a son sees their father isn't strong. And as it's a kid... It's so emotional, isn't it? Because I think probably, if we're honest... Whatever kind of parent you had, we've all had those moments where your parent suddenly is thrown into a whole different life. They become real people. They become weak. Yeah. They become children. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's just, it's a film full of that. And oh my God, that? that is really overwhelmingly kind of like emotionally honest for it's a, an alien movie. And it's, they part the aliens right at the end. And all, right. the, all the stuff about aliens and spaceships is... And when I was a kid, I went, oh, it's not really got lots of any adventure. He doesn't yeah. go in the spaceship and then have a fight. The aliens don't invade. It's just about how people react to each other, how a family deals with uh, a man's obsession. Yeah. Or it could be a woman's obsession, but we'll say it's a man's obsession. Yeah. Um, and what happens if a family loses their breadwinner, if their breadwinner goes crazy? But I um, guess at the end of the film, you don't really... That's, that wasn't Spielberg's focus. It was 
this man needs to go off and go up and he needs he needs to basically be um what's the word you know the what's the what's the word with the christians and they're waiting for the the rapture he he gets raptured yeah. that <laughs> i think is what's amazing about this is i think it's a film made by a filmmaker who knows exactly what they're doing and that's why you respond to it because he's a brilliant storyteller yeah and we know he's a brilliant storyteller that's mm. his thing he is the master storyteller mm-hmm. but he doesn't know what he's doing he doesn't know what story he's telling i don't think he knew what story he was telling i is think is that what you chaotic. find comforting I think accidentally... But even someone like him... No, no, actually, no, I don't. No. What I find, what, so what I find comforting is that he didn't know. So therefore, because he didn't know what story he was telling, there's no formula to it. Mm. He's accidentally told something really true about yeah. his own fear of his own father disappearing. And it, it, he had a, his whole life, he thought his father had run away oh and had an affair. And it turned out it was the other way around. He <gasps> only found out as an adult, very, very old, he found out that his mum had run away. Wow. He had the story wrong. So he kept <gasps> writing this stuff about how dad's run away. And at the end, oh it found God. out he didn't. Didn't everyone go to therapy? Exactly. The stories we tell ourselves inform or, everything we think and do. It's just or make mad. Massive, massive alien films. Or, you today. know, get a, get a huge budget. Yeah, and, and, and do, go do yeah. spaceships. But mm. your thing about the rapture is completely right. And I remember last time but one when I watched this I suddenly realised why it really appealed well, yeah. it hasn't sort of got a, a save the cat adventure story no, no. but the story has got is Pilgrim's Progress or a religious thing about yes, a man it's so religious he's visited by aliens who are angels from the sky they put a message in his head to mm. go to so and so he makes a pilgrimage mm-hmm. and he meets other pilgrims on the way there who have had a similar message from God yeah. he goes there and there's a huge church organ and loads of stained glass and wow. light and it's those, a cathedral yes, yes it is it is and everyone uh, it's like um, that one in Liverpool. Yeah. <laughs> Very it, it, similar. It looks like the Liverpool. It looks the like Paddy's one, Wigwam. Not the really. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it, looks, it looks like the Catholic Church in Liverpool. And wow. it, it even looks like that. And it has this astonishing thing. And then he ascends to heaven with the angels who are all bathed in light. And you it's think brilliant. about all those other films, the kind of, okay, the, you know, um, Matter of Life and Death. And, yeah, um, loads of that in this. That Christmas one with Jimmy Stewart, mm. where the object of the, the game is always to, to, like, not get raptured, is to come back to your yeah. family, to come back to reality because it's not as bad as you think it is and you know the the whole going up to heaven thing sure one day but not now not now and the struggle to come back to earth and this is the complete opposite it's a rapture like he's like take me away and this poor kid is just like clearly already really messed up he sees his dad crying and then his dad fucks off to space it's just i want to see a film about that kid and who he turned out to be like that fictional character this is what's interesting is it's about obviously some scarring and some damage that's been done to this filmmaker by the absence of his dad but he follows the dad. Yeah. You don't see the family. You don't see Terry Garrigan. You don't see what no, happens to the no. kid. We don't care because he's, go- he's going on his big journey. He's That's going somewhere better. Him, he yeah. is leaving and becoming a great man, which is the myth that men are told. As you can go yeah. off and if you, if you do something great that's, that's globally significant, your family doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, for it to tell that story, and it tells a religious story, and I think it's a very 70s thing, that uh, everyone's lost God. Yeah. Everyone, there's no religion seems to be meaningless in the 70s, or whatever. And he he comes up with a secular version of religion, it which is, is totally that UFO nuts. Wow, it, that Yuri Geller thing in the 70s slid in to say, do you want a sense of the infinite and the cosmic? Do you need something bigger than yourself? That's not the 12 step program. Exactly. Then here's like a, some you know stained glass in space. Yeah, and it's yeah, and it says wow. I, I want to go somewhere. And it is you're right about a matter of life and death, and uh, it's a wonderful life. It borrows loads of iconography. I only yeah. noticed watching a matter mm. of life and death recently. Yes, that when the Airmen come in uh, mm-hmm. to heaven in the matter of life and death. It's a reverse of what they do in Close Encounters, yeah. where there's those guys with the fur jackets. That's and the right. That's thing. right. Same, same thing. Same thing. But they're going up, and these guys are coming back down and going, "What's what happened?" They, and there's they, a real kind of matter of factness about you know the guy <laughs> that they're just sort of like, "Oh well, you know, bought, bought it over the Atlantic, whatever." They just it's <laughs> this all is very. Cruise, huh? <laughs> it's all it's all it's all rather a done deal now. So we might as well go and enjoy ourselves. And they get these wings and these sort of like suit bags. Yeah. It's all like 
<laughs> yeah, super cool. And um, but yeah, the tension is obviously for this for the main character in that. For for, for David Niven. David Niven wants to come. Wants back. to desperate to come back to Earth and meet this very pretty girl he was yeah. talking to on the uh, intercom. Um, yeah, it's 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 such an interesting reversal of that. But the thing you said about religion is it maybe that's it that that looking for a greater power. Yeah. What better than this lovely, colourful... And the, the thing you said about the aliens being friendly, that, that's where the comfort is too, surely, when you're yeah. a little kid and you're, the weight of the world's kind of in your shoulders and people are talking about Cold War and the Earth and, you know, yeah, yeah. and now for our generation, our kids' generation, climate change and all that stuff, you're worrying about, you know, ultimately things don't look good or an alien coming to mm. Earth. I used to find that idea really terrifying. Yeah. If they come and they're friendly, what a lovely idea. It's the thing saying that we're part of something bigger and it's saying that, that yeah. there is there is a heaven and there are magical beings up there that we can't even imagine. They will come down, they will sing to you. Yeah. And it can be glorious and wonderful and that they will look after you. Yeah. And it's there's a, it's this strange fantasy, especially when they... You just want a grown-up to be in charge. That's all, I, For me, that it always comes back to that. Yeah. I just want someone else to just have got this because I don't always feel like I have. <laughs> yeah, God turns up and it turns up to turns yeah. up Jean-Michel Jarre. It turns up to a huge synthesizer. The lit, the, the, well, it's a literal deus ex machina, isn't it? it? Is. Like a, it's a big fucking synth. <laughs> and it's, it's, so, it's so funny, the simplicity of it. And, and I think that the fact that it's slightly unsatisfying and you go, oh, yeah. what, hey, what about his family? Yeah. That's what the story is. The story is about someone who, when asked what would you like to happen I'd like to go away and it's not like the, the, the aliens come out and they're, they're God and they look after him yeah. he goes up there and they're all played by little um, uh, tiny ballet dancers it's children yeah. he's taken away by children it's like yeah. going I want to escape from being a dad having responsibilities mm-hmm. being a grown up and I mm-hmm. want to go and play in space with these delicate with, little friendly creatures with yeah. some children who are magical who are pixies who are wow it's all, all the lost boys it's that and it's all key to that's the other thing it's all key to he ah. found the song he was trying to work out what story to tell and he found the song When You Wish Upon a Star oh and uh, and lots of stuff about Pinocchio and he says to the kids do you want to go and see Pinocchio it's all about oh, going God. It's all. there's lots of Peter Pan in E.T. the idea being do you want to go to a place where you don't have to yeah. grow up where everyone says children? Right. And it's got this thing of going, he is Spielberg, play mountain. He wants to go and play. His family are all about, all his films are about, do you want to go and play? Here's a big place here. Oh. And it's a film that says at the end of it. And the dad's being too busy to play because they've got to be businessmen. Absolutely. Like busy. Even though the dad is playing with a train set because he wants to be a kid. It's yeah. all these very complicated, symbolic ideas, not literally written out in dialogue. And it is a good, well-written, well-acted yeah, yeah, film. Yeah. But at the end of it, you go, I feel odd. Because I think mm. it's about an urge to run away and an urge to escape, an urge to escape adult responsibility. It's incredibly urge, honest, isn't and, it? Yeah, and it just says, I don't care if you think I'm an arsehole at the end of it that the guy runs away. Yeah. You'll feel uplifted and then at the end of it you'll go, should I feel uplifted? I think ultimately as we get older we respond really well to things that appear to be genuinely telling the truth. Not yes. like TV truth or film truth or whatever. It's the the truth. If you've done any kind of self-examination or just, yeah. not even therapy, but like just thinking about things, talking to your friends about where we're all at now, we're older, some people have died, you know, that kind of shit. If you've even done a bit of self-reflection, people not telling the truth becomes very tedious and people telling the actual truth becomes thrilling, like really exciting. This is messy. Mm -hmm. I think the messiness, which I used to say, oh, it's not as save the cat uh, crisp as that classic storytelling. No. No, the messiness is honest. Life is messy and life is complicated and life doesn't fall neatly into place. He does bad things. He's a a mean arsehole. He's horrible to his kids. He's horrible to his wife. And he still managed to somehow feel heroic. It's a beautiful performance from everybody. I mean, everybody is sensational. The acting in this is, is, is brilliant. 
brilliant. Yeah, it's very real. It did feel again like I was being allowed to watch a grown up film about mm. the grown up truth of the grown up world when I was little. I went, God, are you letting me watch this? Because yeah. it's got aliens in it. Yeah, but they they're getting they're getting they're splitting up. Maybe the honesty in it was that within all our families, certainly within my family, there was a a truth that you told the public that we were right. all getting on and we're all fine. I, we're very close and we're very happy and we love each other very much. What a wonderful much. family world. And, and it's not complicated at all. Yeah, there's nothing hard going on and no one is upset. And maybe yeah. at that age, seeing on the screen going, oh my God, they're saying the thing I'm not allowed to say, which mm. is the family's row and we shout and we get upset and our parents might be not as good as we want them to be. And they it, might not always want to be parents. your parent. They yeah. might they might have fantasies of just, you know, for Running a moment away. being back in their old life before they had kids or because that's human it's normal yeah. he climbs into an enormous space womb and disappears but it, it's <laughs> it's a it's a really complicated and strange film but the only thing you're right that's in it that is that that, that carries you through is total honesty yeah and it feels like because it's so cinematic it's so visual and musical and to do with sound it's not to do with conscious logical dialogue or anything it's just this huge yeah. feeling a big bath of color and sound yeah at the end of it you go i think he said something that i can relate to and something as you said honest that family in it who are torn apart by this man's obsession with mm-hmm. his thing he has to go and do mm-hmm. that's honest yeah he's not pulled back from that and the, the it's scenes not ideal him, but it is truthful yeah and I think as a kid maybe I'd seen a lot of stuff on TV where uh, Enid Blyton the adventures where everything was very safe and people looked after each other mm-hmm. and every time I saw something like this or E.T. which is about how people sometimes are mean to each other or families are complicated yeah. maybe that felt really liberating it's not a, a, a story about how to be but it's a story about maybe how things are and maybe that was yeah. that was what maybe that's what I find comforting about it is that a film can be really honest, and even though it's about space. Ironically, for an alien film, and maybe not ironically, <laughs> it lets you know that you're not alone. Yes. It was originally called Watch the Skies, and then it was called some other stuff, and some Firelight, <laughs> other things, and We Are Not Alone ended up being the tagline. is wow. just the most amazing thing. I didn't actually know that, but I mean, it's a bit of a no-brainer, <sighs> so it's an alien film, but it's it's literally letting you know, you know, the murky, honest kind of depths of... Like real life emotion, families, yeah. that, that dynamic that you don't see, don't worry. It's all families. They just don't show you. Yes. You're not alone. God. That's I'm, really not. That is a really comforting thought. Like, I totally get it now. Yeah. There's a big chunk of it, which is peeping through the curtains to see the mess that's wow. in another family. Yeah. And the mess is he's wrecked their front room. Yeah. There's lots of chicken wire and mess and everyone's going, he's gone crazy. You get yeah. to peep through the curtains you don't get don't just get to go to peep into the sky and look at the the awesome stuff. No. In fact, I always feel that the the space stuff in this is is by the by. As I get older, I'm more and more watching the characters, and something crazy happens, but it just rips families apart. That's all that happens. Yeah. And you watch people deal with the fact that their lives are a mess, and yeah. maybe that's what I wanted to see when I was a kid to go. Oh God, there's nothing wrong with my family because we're all a mess. It's okay, and actually, we've come back to this idea again and again. But when you look at your upbringing, and I and I completely, this is of its time, and you know, our parents brought up by people who are brought up by people who are like literally Victorians. Yeah. You know, there was very much an idea that as parents, you put on a united front, an authoritarian front, and you tell your children how to be and how to behave. And they bloody well do as they're told. Yeah, yeah. And my parents certainly were still kind of clinging to that. And it doesn't allow for them to be human, frail, fragile, yeah. 
explored none of none of the Fs. <laughs> they, can, they can't be any of those. And um, and <laughs> that is, and that as a child exactly. <laughs> but that as a child does f you up because then yeah. you wonder why you don't feel safe and calm all the time when they seem to be so in control <laughs> it's because they're not letting you know that sometimes they're finding this hard and sometimes they are panicking sometimes they haven't got this yeah, yeah. i think we talk about this a lot as parents what's the best thing to do do we show that we're not quite sure what's going on or do we pretend we are i think pretending never works and yeah, yeah. then kids are intuitive and they pick up your unease and it's about that isn't it it's about not feeling quite safe because someone says it's fine. It's all fine. I don't have any of these weird human emotions yeah. that you're talking about. And in fact, aliens is a great thing to, yeah, yeah. to explore. That was like, no, I'm an alien. I, I simply feel <laughs> nothing. Perfect. I am Spock, <laughs> and you've got nothing to worry about. I've totally got this. No one's totally yeah. got this. Um, and as you become like a middle-aged person, that fully hits home. That we're yeah. all kind of oh, everyone's just sort of trying to look like they've got it and nobody really has. Okay, that's actually very comforting. Yeah, it is basically. What this is, is Philip Larkin in space. <laughs> it's that, it's Larkin that. in space. Was <laughs> that on the Muppet show? <laughs> <laughs> but it's, the, it's, it's the F you up your mum and dad as a film. Yeah. And I don't think until I was really old, I'd worked out that's why I kept going back but to it. But somehow you loved it as a tiny weeny precocious because child. Because it was saying a thing I probably had. As a yeah. kid, you do not get to watch a lot of films about your parents won't sit you down and watch Kramer versus Kramer or uh, oh, God, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. They would be Wolf. weird parents. They don't. You don't get to watch people screaming at each other very no. much. And there was a huge worry about that when EastEnders came out or Grange Hill. Right. It was showing kids that, that show kids uh, lovely uh, nuclear families who uh, behave really, really well. And you go, mm. no, kids need to know that sometimes families are a mess. Mm-hmm. That's why sitcoms are really good. Uh, and I loved sitcoms. I loved, especially loved family sitcoms growing up because sometimes yeah. everyone was a bit shitty and the dads were a bit crap and yeah. Reggie Perrin had gone a bit mad. I loved that. Mm-hmm. This is very Reggie very good life a man goes mad and fills his house with chicken wire and he's and he's in a jumper he's very tom good Uh, oh yes it's a very 70s there must be more to life than the rat race exactly right that was a big theme it's 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 basically yeah it's reggie perrin in space it's philip larkin in space it's the good life in space the space bit allowed me to get a ticket for this as a kid and go and sit with my dad my dad loved it me and my dad talked about it a lot it was a big favorite of ours uh i used to have the pictures of my dad i didn't see as same with you were were, a very very busy dad i didn't see a lot of my dad yeah the memories i have of being with my dad were when he wasn't at work were we went to the pictures but that's it they they made them want to do a thing with you rather than just like hang out with you (laughs) it's like being with a divorced dad no kind of all the time yeah Um, (laughs) constantly at the zoo i don't even like zoo (laughs) (laughs) so much (laughs) <laughs> think lifetime zoo ticket that's where we are uh, so we're always at the cinema so a lot of my memories of, of having lovely days with my with my dad yeah, were with us and this was nice. a film that we definitely went to see twice and we both really loved and I don't know I hope my dad got the same kind of thing out of it as I did which oh is, I bet he did it's a depiction of families in chaos and even though the, the final message is, isn't that the family will be okay mm. um, it still says there's something bigger than that and yeah. it's that lovely thing of it's a big universe out there even if everything's fallen apart at home there's probably something have some perspective look up into the sky see the oh enormity God, it's so of so existential I mean yeah. any, anything with aliens and if it doesn't do that then you're kind of wondering what yeah, it's for exactly. but uh, it really does do that it talks about you know yeah. the bigness of everything the smallness of you yeah but that story is still being important but just to you really not to anyone else yeah. I, d- I don't know if it's a good message but it's definitely a message and I, I don't like, think it has to be does it yeah. I, I just like the simplicity of it's a man who goes on a pilgrimage and ends up being taken to a space cathedral and on the way there it told me that families are a mess and being a dad is a mess yeah. and maybe it taught me that I shouldn't uh, look at my parents and go this is frightening I should look at my parents struggling sometimes and go actually that's normal this is human she's very nice how comforting 
<laughs> do you want to watch Jurassic Park 2? No, I want to watch Close Encounters. Because in Jurassic Park 2, there's a lot of mun- munching. I mean, it's, it really delivers on the munching, but it's not as strong a message about how families are screwed up. They try, they don't quite do it. It's basically ASMR. <laughs> munching. <laughs> Crunching noises. Just, it's just crisps. A film about crisps. Yeah, that, it's good, but it's not the same. This is a brilliant film. I want to watch it now. Home Comforts is the companion podcast to Comfort Blanket. If you want more of this sort of thing or to support Comfort Blanket in general, go to our Patreon page and throw some money in the hat and become part of the Comfort Blanket Patreon family. If you join in, you can get this exclusive podcast and if we make it early access to the normal podcast and all sorts of stuff as we think of it. But yes, support us, we'll make more. Uh, go to patreon.com forward slash comfort blanket pod and thanks for listening.